Welcome to Global Dispatches, a podcast about foreign policy and world affairs. I'm your host, Mark Leon Goldberg, editor of UN Dispatch. And in this show, we discuss topical global issues, have conversations with foreign affairs thought leaders and newsmakers, and give you the context you need to understand the world today. Go to globaldispatchespodcast.com to learn more. And now on with the show. My guest today, Dr. Roseanne Jiru, is a sociologist at the University of Nairobi in Kenya. She has conducted cutting-edge field research that finds a link between healthcare and peacebuilding. Specifically, she examined the role that community health workers play in preventing conflict in marginalized communities or urban slums around Nairobi. Community health workers, or what in other contexts are sometimes called health extension workers, link poor or rural or otherwise some marginalized communities to a country's broader healthcare system. The health workers themselves are from those communities and are given some basic level of training. Essentially, they are the eyes and ears and first point of contact between the health system and the community. Deploying cadres of these community health workers has become increasingly popular as a public health strategy in the developing world. In my years of reporting, I've seen the key role that community health workers play in places like rural Bangladesh and Ethiopia. This strategy has been demonstrated to improve health outcomes in some of the most vulnerable communities in a society. But what I did not appreciate until I encountered Dr. Jiro's research was some of the ancillary benefits beyond health that community health workers can confer. Namely, Dr. Jiro found through her research that community health workers are also agents of peace and conflict prevention, including helping to prevent political violence. Her research is absolutely fascinating, and I'm glad to bring it to you as part of a series of episodes supported in part from a grant from the Carnegie Corporation of New York. This series features African perspectives on peace and security issues in Africa. I've posted a link to Dr. Jiru's research on the homepage. While you're on the homepage, you can also reach out to me if you have suggestions of people you'd like me to interview or topics you'd like me to cover. Just click the contact button on globaldispatchespodcast.com. And presumably, if you obtain a master's degree in global health, you might encounter fascinating research like that of Dr. Jiru. And this episode is sponsored by Northwestern University's online master's degree in global health. You can learn how to make a meaningful difference in places where it is needed the most. Go to globaldispatchespodcast.com and click on the ad to learn more, or go to sps.northwestern.edu slash global. And now here is my conversation with Dr. Roseanne Giroux. Let me say what community health uh, workers are recognized under the national strategy for community uh, health for their contribution in enhancing access to healthcare, especially in high burden, low income uh, communities. So they are sort of have become a very important part of the, the provision of primary healthcare, particularly in marginalized communities, and they support uh, health work uh, generally. So sort of they are at the periphery of the um, healthcare system, 
but they do very important work in terms of educating particularly low-income communities in matters of health, making home visitations, and linking people to uh, hospitals and other healthcare systems. So basically, these are individuals from the community, often and, mar- often yeah, marginalized I, community, who are I, really like the first point of contact uh, for the health system and that community. Yes, I should actually have said that they they are people who are born and bred in communities where they work, sometimes appointed by the communities, and they are there for their first link uh, with the healthcare system because they live every day in the communities where they live, and not necessarily in marginalized communities, but particularly in marginalized communities where provision of other services is poor, and therefore there is poor health. Uh, and sometimes issues of violence, and they they are prone to, I, I guess, uh, very many other uh, problems. And and we could say, you know, this this idea, this concept of community health workers, sometimes they're called health extension workers in other contexts, is something that has become increasingly prevalent in um, low income settings in, in developing countries over the last ten fifteen years. It's become like a key strategy to connect. Um, poorer or more marginalized or oftentimes actually more rural communities to uh, a healthcare system, having someone from that community with some training being that first point of contact. Yes, you're very right. In fact, they are recognized under the uh, World Health Organization's um, Atta Declaration of 1978 that uh, recognizes primary healthcare as key element for improving community health and therefore recognize the important role that community health workers might play in uh, improving health. So what I find so interesting about your research is, you know, I've you know, seen health workers in action. I've, I've visited training centers in, in places in Africa where mostly the one I went to is mostly young women from the communities were given some, you know, basic medical training, basic health training and communications training. Um but I, and and there's you know lots of evidence to suggest that these community health workers have led to improvements in health outcomes in some of these marginalized communities. But what was so fascinating to me about your research is that you have identified a link between the reduction of violence and building of peace to these community health workers. How did you get the idea to study that link? So first, uh, I do a lot of uh, health research. I think my dissertation, uh, my PhD doctoral dissertation, focuses on uh, gender and HIV, and I've done other research around health. And I also work on issues of uh, peace uh, and peace building. And so I thought about reading around peace work and peace building work and reading about the infrastructures uh, of peace building which are supposed to be multi-level, multi-sectoral, if we are to have, you know, enhanced peace building. And I thought that healthcare systems were excluded from the peace structures globally and nationally here in Kenya. So I thought about examining the link between health and peace because I had an idea that if community health workers are people who live in the communities, who are born in the communities, Therefore, they understand better the issues that affect the communities, issues of violence and conflict in the communities, issues of structural violence that also cause health because, I mean, health problems, because you also must understand that there cannot be development in communities without health. So when there is violence, health is affected and development is affected. So I thought about linking health and peace and looking at the role of uh, uh, health workers 
and healthcare systems in general. In fact, my research is broader than just the role of community health. It focuses more on healthcare systems where community health workers are part of to think about the connection between or the role that uh, uh, healthcare systems might contribute to peace building and therefore to argue that they do need to be included in the peace infrastructure globally and nationally. Because I think for, for lots of times, Mark, uh, I think um, much attention on uh, peace building has focused on political processes such as reconciliation, democratization, security issues of uh, governance, issues of economic development. We have included some sectors like uh, religion, but we have forgotten that there is a critical link between health work and peace because these are also people who work in communities to enhance the health of communities, to provide services, and therefore they contribute to peace building and development. And so how did you go about studying and, and figuring out the role that these health workers play in, in peace building and conflict resolution? The ways in which I went uh, about my research. So I thought I would uh, focus because I live in Nairobi and I do understand uh, issues in Nairobi. I think we have gone through phases of, um, of, of violence. If you think about the post-election violence in Kenya in 2007, 2008, again in 2017. And we had and I, I should say, you're referring to uh, elections that follow, or pardon me, you're referring to violence it, that followed it, elections in those years, the worst of which was in 2007 when over a thousand people were killed. Uh, and that violence largely fell along sectarian and ethnic lines. Exactly. And we do have some uh, places that the government has marked as uh, hotspots, that areas that experience, you know, like very high levels of violence during those electoral cycles. And some, some many of these are the informal settlements or what we would call the slums. These are low income areas, marginalized areas that are poorly serviced where a lot of people are unemployed or they are in very low um, um, uh, income earning jobs. And those areas are sometimes very uh, politically charged. And we have many different groups that live in those areas. And so I thought I would focus, obviously, I, I went into a history and thinking about the ways in which those particular informal settlements came about. We have to think about the colonial histories of the creation of the informal settlements in Nairobi, the division of Nairobi into racial uh, uh, zones and the ways in which those particular areas have historically or since the colonial era been marginalized. And that has continued to date. It's sort of like very systematized um, uh, structure of violence. And so I thought I would focus on those areas because they have experienced high levels of violence. So I thought about thinking about the primary healthcare system in those communities and particularly focusing on the role of community health workers who are people who reside there and therefore know the issues of those communities, have experienced violence themselves. For example, when I interviewed one community health worker and she was telling me about the ways in which as a community health worker, people see her as a person who is selfless, likes to help people and therefore would not touch her. People from other ethnic groups, uh, she is Kikuyu, and people from other ethnic groups would not touch her because she was helping people from all ethnic groups and was helping to take them to hospital. So I thought I would focus on this informal settlement and think about the significance and the ways in which, in fact, the principles and the features of the healthcare system also increases the agency uh, of uh, peace building as community health workers are also doing their health work. 
So that's interesting. So so it's the idea that they are a health worker, that even if they are from a different ethnic group that might otherwise arise suspicion because they're from the community and because they have this kind of like patent of legitimacy as a health worker, they're seen as someone yeah. that people could, you know, confide in and, and trust. Whereas other in other exactly. situations they might not. In other yes, I did find a few situations where people obviously were accusing some community health workers sometimes of uh, discriminating against some certain groups of uh, or ethnic groups that did not belong to them. But uh, uh, in the main, I think I did find that many community health workers were not thinking about, you know, their own ethnicity, I think, because they have received you know, some sort of training on community health work. And part of the training is thinking about the features of a healthcare system, which include selflessness or issues or altruism and, uh, and, and, and the ability to be able to access community and to be able to be legitimate to the community. And people see them as people who are legitimate and people who are doing good in the communities. So there were a few cases where some community members might feel or community health workers were reporting some that in some cases community residents have felt that they are also discriminating. And that can be obviously a negative in terms of uh, building peace because then it creates and, uh, and further, I guess, um, uh, uh, widens the gap between the communities rather than closing the gap. Yeah, but in the main, I think I found that they were practicing the things that they had learned in, uh, in, in in community health work and were being very altruistic and selfless. But also, I think another important thing that we have to think about is the issue of being able to access different groups of people. So community health workers are people who can access uh, people who are divided by gender, age, you know, ethnic group, political affiliation, class, etc., as they are providing health. Remember that these are people who walk into communities to go and educate people on on on, on health. Uh, they are people who walk into who are called at any one time in the night to go and visit sick persons, and for them it doesn't matter who that sick person is. And in the course of uh, visiting sick persons in their homes, part of the things that I found, and I was told, for example, several community health workers told me of the ways in which they would make home visits. And while they are making the home visits, people will start to talk about family disputes, and they will have to act as the arbiters in family disputes, right, mm. to try and reconcile their families. And sometimes also because of accessibility and also because of their legitimacy and that there are people who are accepted in the communities, I also did find that people found them as an important link between the community and, uh, and the administration. So, for example, they would tell them, you go and tell the security administration that we are experiencing these uh, problems in our community. For example, people are stealing clothes from one another. There is physical assault. There is a lot of sexual assault. So go and report this to us because sometimes as community residents, we have tried to go and report this to the local chief or administration police and they won't listen to us. But as a community health worker, this is a person who also will be listened to by the chief and by the police officers and by other health workers in the hospitals and other uh, uh, health facilities. And therefore, that legitimacy allows them to be that link that creates the peace and reduces tensions within communities, as well as solving family disputes. In fact, let me give yeah, you one. Yeah, please. Talk. Yeah, I'm. I'm really interested if you could share a story uh, from one <laughs> yeah. of your from one yeah. of your so, uh, yeah, research. So, yeah, I, I guess I should have said I picked two informal settlements. That is Madari and uh, Kibera. 
Uh, and these these could you describe uh, these two places? Kibera is is very well known around the world as like a very yeah. large informal settlement. You know, people might call it a slum in in Nairobi. Um, the other and Madare is also the same. Mm-hmm. Madare is well smaller than uh, Kibera, but experiences the similar problems as uh, as Kibera. Okay. And so, yes. So I chose these two communities, and in one community in Madare, I found a. A female community health worker who was telling me how she went into a home and was going to visit a sick person, and then she found that in that home there was a a, a small girl, a young girl that had been abused by sexually abused to say uh, that by her male relative, and the the mother of the girl had not reported to this case to the police, and so the community health worker sort of convinced the mother that she needed to go to the police and report. And they went through the process of reporting the case to the police because I think, so the mother was fearing because it is a male relative that they live with. So how do I report somebody that I live with? And this is the person that also helps uh, helps us in the family. So they did go and report the case of sexual abuse of this young girl. And at the time of the interview, in fact, I remember on one day I interviewed her twice and one of the days that I was interviewing her, I had to wait for her to come from court because she acted as a witness to the court case that was going on um, um, between the, the the young girl and the, and the male relative that had abused her and the police. And you know what? She was using her own money because the government does not give resources to community health workers to do those extra kinds of work that they are doing. So I call it sort of invisible peace work. But she was using her own money to help the family and to also travel to the court as a witness to the sexual assault case. So that's interesting. So there, that's like a direct connection between strengthening the rule of law in an informal settlement uh, where the rule of law is not strong and yes. the role of, of the community health worker. Is there like a similar story or example that you came across in your field research that connects more organized violence or political violence yes. even to yes. to the role of, of the to the peace building role of a peace worker of a community health worker. Yes, yes, yes. So in Kibera, I interviewed um, another female community health worker. I must say that most of the my respondents and my research participants were female. I think there's a connection between community health work and uh, and women's work. Are are Mars? Can I ask? Are, are most community health workers female, or is there an equal gender distribution? They are, what I'm saying is that most of them were female, mm. and I th- and and when I asked, I was told most of them are female. Okay. And the thing is, I, th- let me say that before I go to the specific case, is that um, men join community health work when they are going for training, but there is always the expectation of some stipend or some small salary at the end of the month. But this is mostly this the community health work is really something that you do voluntarily. There is very little support from uh, government or other non-governmental organizations that uh, support community health work. There is very little that you you can expect in terms of financial assistance. So a lot of people get into community health work thinking that there might be some monetary, monetary uh, reward, and then they find that there is none and they drop out. And particularly the men will do that. That is what I... Yeah. So in terms of uh, the question that you asked, uh, the link between political violence and, uh, and and community health work and peace, yes, I did find one community health worker who, in uh, Kibera, again, during the 2017 uh, political uh, violence, 
she is uh, she is she is luo and you know there was the division between the luos and the kikuyus and the kalenjins etc and she said that in fact it was also the kikuyus who were saying that do not touch do not touch this woman uh, because she is doing good work and she is preaching peace and 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 she got protected by the kikuyus who would otherwise have been against her and so what she did as a result of that is she went on preaching peace to the communities and telling the communities that you know what after the elections after the elections the politicians will go and we shall remain here as uh, people who experience the same problem so it is important for us to forget about our ethnicities and to forget about our political differences and just come together as a group and think about our marginalization and the ways in which to uh, you know deal with and demand for better justice and 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 provision of services so that's in, so interesting in- so because she was a health worker even though she was a luo uh, and yes. even though there was a, a an election that pitted Luo versus Kikuyu at the national level, and that had created a, a level of violence that trickled down to places in the informal, like the informal settlement settlements, uh, she was protected by the Kikuyu in the community, and yes. she used that her special status as a way to kind of preach peace. Yes. So she definitely drew on again the issues of uh, acceptability and legitimacy of uh, being a community health worker to be able to go on with her work of uh, of, of preaching this. So, what are some of the broader lessons that you can draw um, based on your research from the connection between health workers and peace building um, that might be you know broadly applicable, not just say in the places where you've researched, but elsewhere in, in Africa or really elsewhere in the world where community health workers are an important feature of the health system? I think one of the, um, uh, I guess, broadest um, uh, thing that I can say from my, as a finding from my research is that there is great potential in uh, recognizing and thinking about health as a bridge for peace, not just in Kenya, but I think everywhere. I have also read research that uh, says the same in a few other uh, countries globally where um, employing the health as a bridge for peace uh, uh, framework has helped in sort of easing tensions within communities uh, between refugees and and, and and residents, you know, or, or where the refugees live. And there is that kind of evidence. And I think my research further contributes to the fact that health as a, a peace building uh, bridge is important and it is something that we need to critically think about and perhaps needs to be part of our national strategies and global strategies for peace building. Uh, the other important lesson, Mark, is the idea that the healthcare system itself, yeah, I, I, I guess perhaps to elaborate more on the health as a bridge for peace, has specific features that are important in increasing the agency of uh, community health workers in terms of building peace. I think I have drawn and I have talked about issues of legitimacy, issues of the length of time that community health workers have spent in those communities, which makes them very important in terms of understanding the issues of the community and therefore can be able to inform other formal peace building structures. So in other words, what I am saying also is that there is importance in including uh, the local and informal peace building work of community health workers in the global and national peace building infrastructures. And that's very important. Is there anything else you think you wanted to emphasize or discuss? Or- Maybe what I can also say, Mark, is this. 
Uh, I think I talked about issues of uh, in, perhaps inadequate support of community health workers because you know they do a lot of work. So they do, they work within the core mandate of providing health. But outside of the core mandate, they are doing a lot of invisible peace building work without much support. I have given the example of the woman that is was acting as a witness in a in a sexual assault case and using her own finances. But there are also many other community health workers who talked about the ways in which they will go to families to visit a sick person and they'll find that people do not have food and there are fights within the communities and 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 sometimes people can't get to hospital because they don't have the money and they have to use their own resources even though they do not have those resources to be able to do the work that they are doing and also to be able to go around preaching peace and doing health work at the same time so thinking about community health workers not people who exist at the margin of community health care and therefore do not need any form of adequate financial support but to budget for enough financial support because they clearly are very important for, mm -hmm. for, for health and for improving the health and peace of communities. Yeah, I mean, so like one very clear outcome and conclusion of your research is that these community health workers need more support, you know, from the government or from whoever can provide it. Exactly. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. And it was nice talking. All right. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Dr. Jiru. And as I said at the outset, this episode is made possible in part through a grant from the Carnegie Corporation of New York. The views expressed and spoken are those solely of those who expressed and spoken. And as I said at the outset, if you have suggestions of people you'd like me to interview, topics you'd like me to cover, if you are an African expert working on peace and security issues and you want to be featured as part of the series, reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. All right. We'll All right. See you next time. Thanks. Bye.